today we have a very special ministry with us, uh, Teen Challenge. And this is one of the ministries that I was really looking forward to having uh, with us and, and sharing what they do and the everyday life over there. Um, I think that uh, addiction, and, and, and it's really close to a lot of us. And definitely is something that uh, we need to be supporting, especially especially a Christian ministry that tackles this uh, problem. And today we have Terry and we have Emily with with us. How are you guys doing? Fantastic, Isaac. It's uh, great to be here with you. Thank you so much. Thank great. you so much. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us, Isaac. Thank you so much for being here, Emily. Uh, and there's there's uh, a few questions that I have for you guys, but first I would like I would like maybe a little introduction. Uh, who are you guys? And we can we can start with Emily. Sure, thanks, Isaac. Um, so I'm Emily. I'm a wife. I'm a mom, and I am a woman who was saved by God's grace. Mm. And now I get to work at Team Challenge, which is so important to me uh, to be able to to do work for a ministry that I believe in, that has affected my family, and uh, so grateful for that opportunity um, that God really orchestrated for me to be able to do that. Yeah, so I've been married for 10 years, and I have two children. We have two children that are nine and six mm. so it's a busy life mm -hmm. and yeah it's just a little glimpse of who i am how long have you been working over at teen challenge and what what is it that you do over there sure so i'm the development and events coordinator and i started there in february 2018 so just over three years mm -hmm. it really feels like six months but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's flown flown by and uh, prior to that though i was on the fundraising committees so for galas and uh, mm -hmm. different events that they had so that's kind of what led me down this path so for probably about five years prior to joining teen challenge i was on the volunteer committee hmm. fundraising and terry tell us a little bit about yourself how long have you been in teen challenge and, and what is it that you do over there uh i started in september of 2019 so uh, not quite a year and a half, and uh, I had spent 40 years previous to that as a pastor, uh, very, very heavily influenced by the founder of Teen Challenge, a pastor named uh, Dave Wilkerson. Um, I got saved in 1977, hmm. and uh, he was very well known in Christian circles, the story of the cross and the switchblade. Uh, mm. Dave, uh, uh, his one of his most famous uh, converts mm -hmm. uh, to Christianity, um, Run Baby Run with Nikki Cruz. And uh, as a young Christian in my late teens, uh, one of the most uh, influential books in my life next to the Bible was a book that Dave written called uh, The Jesus People uh, Handbook. And I devoured that uh, Dave was, uh, uh, Pastor Wilkerson was an amazing, amazing, spirit-filled man of God. Uh, hmm. And uh, uh, so it's a delight for me to be with Teen Challenge. Uh, I come in, uh, having been involved in uh, pastoral leadership, leadership development, and uh, my role with Teen Challenge is I'm the development officer. So Emily and I work together in the development. We're a team. Uh, we tag team each other, we build on each other's uh, strengths and, and support each other. And uh, it's uh, while Emily looks after events and coordinating things like the events and the outreaches, uh, she uh, and I work together at uh, meeting donors, uh, thanking people for the, the, the generosity, hmm. uh, developing relationships with businesses, hmm. partnerships with foundations. Um, my job is to raise the money. We are a Christian charity, a faith-based charity, and as such, we get no government funding. Hmm. Uh, and so uh, 100% of the ministry, 100% uh, of the needs of the ministry come from churches, from individuals, from businesses 
that uh, love and support uh, what we do and helping men and women get free from addiction mm -hmm. and uh, helping them to lead full and meaningful, productive lives. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be, uh, be a part of it. For the people that might not be familiar at all with, with what uh, Teen Challenge uh, is doing, could you, could you explain a little bit about the mission and, and the ministry that you guys have over there? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get Emily to uh, chime in in a minute. I'll start by saying that uh, we're almost 70 years old as a ministry, and we have a very simple, single focus. Mm -hmm. Our ministry is to help men and women who are struggling, who are caught in the horrors of addiction, mm -hmm. to help them get free, completely free, to live free and to develop Uh, meaningful, productive lives uh, so that addiction is in the background. Uh, and uh, we do not believe that it, it's about sin management, that it's about just trying to figure out how to, how to uh, placate whatever problems you have, uh, but to um, go deeper than that. I love what one of the students used to share uh, when we would be traveling and speaking in churches. He said, I believe that God brings people to Teen Challenge So the teen challenge can bring people to God. Hmm. And uh, I'm going to let Emily talk a little bit more about some of the, the nuances. Uh, she's been around uh, challenge longer than I have mm -hmm. and has uh, a lot of friends that are graduates of the program and so on. And so I'm going to let her speak a little bit more to that. Awesome. Thanks, Terry. Yeah, so teen challenge is, uh, you know, covered where the vision came from, from David Wilkerson, and just really seeing that um, there was a need to be able to help. And initially, of course, why it's called Teen Challenge, um, initially, it was for teenagers, because that was the vision that David Wilkerson saw hmm. in that teenagers needed a safe place to kind of recover and um, from drugs and alcohol. But it was, wasn't long after that, that they realized that it was not only teens that struggled with substance abuse. And so um, although Teen Challenge is still the name for most of the centers in Canada, there are several centers in the U.S. and beyond that are called Adult and Teen Challenge. Mm. So our center, just because of the laws in Canada, are actually for men and over so 18 and 19 and it keeps the teen mm -hmm. in the name mm -hmm. but it is for men and women that are over the age of 18 they come it's a 12-month program mm. and it is faith-based as terry said now it's interesting that um, we get a lot of questions about do you have to be a christian to attend this program and the answer is you absolutely do not have to be mm -hmm. a christian to come to this program while it is the approach the teen challenge Uh, takes and it is what we believe that Jesus saves and um, that is the foundation of the program right. it is not environment um, to program it is something that we have a spiritual formation coach who will walk beside you in um, learning about your faith and kind of making those decisions helping you make those decisions if that's something that you want for your life and I would say I don't want to say a percentage, of course, but I would say uh, a large percentage, um, more people than not, take that wholeheartedly and they meet Jesus there. Um, with Jesus's help and with building their faith, they are able to get help with counseling as well, because counseling is, is another piece for um important of course to work through the issues that you had that brought you to coming to teen challenge so um struggling with trauma events uh sickness whatever the case is and we have heard so many different types of stories um what has brought people to teen challenge but um, there's definitely different aspects of the program Some speak higher than others to each person because we're all different, mm -hmm. but there is uh, work therapy. So we're teaching men and women at the winters how to have a good work ethic because unfortunately that's something that's often lost or never learned mm. um, throughout addiction. There is the counseling piece, of course, spiritual formation, there's chapel and worship. Um, there's also, because we want to encourage 
students to have fun and learn good, clean ways to have fun hmm. without substance. So there is um, activities that the students will do. They might go bowling pre-COVID and, hmm. and uh, hockey time, hockey rink time, baseball time, things like that, sports, just really teaching us to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably missing the, the other thing that's actually unique, um, and I, I guess I should have said that, when I talked about the work therapy, when I say work therapy, that is really maintaining our building, our facility in general, the grounds. Um, you know, some of them are learning how to use a snowblower or um, shoveling, um, lawn mowing. And then there's also the toilet cleaning, the kitchen duties mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of different skills learning. And they're also learning structure and routine as well for their day. So it starts in the morning with devotions and then breakfast and chores and such. So it is full day. There's class time. They're teaching, they're sort of being taught relapse prevention. Um, in our center or the men's centers, they are taught how to have healthy relationships hmm. and also, you know, what that looks like for having a romantic relationship longer term, as well as good friendships and things like that. So, yeah, that's a, a little bit about what we do on a daily wow. basis at Team you, Challenge. It sounds like you guys are busy. It sounds like you guys are busy, and that busy is good. Uh, when when I moved to Canada, I'm I'm obviously originally from Mexico, and and when I moved to New Brunswick, I didn't realize the the huge uh, addiction problem that that uh, exists in this in this province. Uh, can you can you tell maybe the people that are not from the area a little bit more about uh, the struggles that are specific to New Brunswick? Well, I can give you some Canadian statistics uh, to start with. Um, 13,900 people died Mm. of apparent opioid overdose just between January 2016 and June 2019. Uh, CTV's W5 uh, documentary program just two or three weeks ago uh, stated that it was over 18,000 people that have died in five years. Um, And so that fact alone uh, and even during covid with all of the challenges around i believe it was bd i don't have the exact numbers in front of me but there were more deaths in a three-month period uh from opioid overdoses uh, than from covid wow uh so uh, a couple of other staggering statistics um 38.4 billion dollars was what it cost the canadian government just in 2014 uh, to deal with uh, substance uh, use, um, healthcare, criminal justice, lost productivity, and other direct costs, uh, which was up from 14.6 billion in 2002, so more than double, almost mm-hmm. triple, mm-hmm. in uh, 12 years. And um, I know that uh, I live uh, just outside of Moncton. Um, substance abuse is a, a, a serious problem here in the city. Um, it's been on the front page of the news multiple times on the newspaper. Um, we are, we're a small province, uh, mostly rural, but one of the things that, uh, again, we share when we're out uh, with church is making presentations. Addiction knows no boundaries. It doesn't matter whether you're wealthy. It doesn't matter whether you're from a poor family. It doesn't matter whether you're well-educated or not. Hmm. Uh, I had a professor from a Christian university uh, that became addicted to opiates because of painkiller and uh, once he got hooked his life just uh, was wrecked for years Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's only been in the last couple of years that he's been able to get that turned around Mm -hmm. Uh, so living living you know the shame uh, the heartache uh, the lies the deception um, the issues around addiction are horrible Mm -hmm. and uh, so one, one other statistic that I found fascinating, uh, this was in 2017, uh, Canadians' life expectancy decreased for the first time in 40 years, wow. largely due to overdose death among young adult men. Hmm. If you know anybody that struggles with addiction, you know the cycle. Uh, there's some hope uh, and they, they feel like they're doing better. And then there's a relapse. With the relapse comes shame. Uh, 
with that comes a, a lot of other emotions, the spiral down, uh, often leading to attempted suicide, uh, a lot of anger, and then getting into a program. Most of the programs that we see in this country are 14 days, 30 days. Hmm. I know of one that's 60 days, but none of them are long enough and none of them are deep enough to help people. For some people, it works. Thank God. You know, mm-hmm. For some people, uh, some of those programs is enough. But for too many, it's not enough. So here's a staggering statistic. Our men to our centers uh, in Canada are, are nine uh, men's and women's centers. 3.1 is the average number of programs they've already been to before they got to us. Hmm. So I want you to think of the emotional roller coaster that is for the, the person who's struggling with addiction as well as their family yes. and their support network. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm struggling with addiction. I finally get up enough courage to own the, the challenges that I'm dealing with. I get into a 30 day program. They help me. They do everything they're supposed to do. I leave the program. I'm now well. I'm in recovery, mm-hmm. and within a month, two, three month relapse, I go down that rabbit hole again, and then climb up back up out of that hole. Get enough courage, get enough hope to to go back into the program a second time. Go to a different program. Go to a different province. Right. Try another flavor, only to, after 30 days, come out clean, dry, sober, in recovery. And then relapse again, only to do it third time. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the heartache, not only for the individual, but right. for their whole sphere of relationships, uh, family, friends, coworkers. Um, it's it's gut wrenching, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must be it, it must be extremely. I obviously three times before that is incredible. The average um, the average young man, average man uh, that comes into our program. I can't speak. For the women's centers, uh, we have three women's centers and six men's centers across Canada. Um, but I can tell you that for the men's centers, our statistics are the average uh, person that comes into our care have been through 3.1 other programs. Why is it that other uh, places, uh, the amount of time that the people stay there, it's so small compared to the 12 months uh, the Teen Challenge offers? Well, 12 months is a big commitment. Right. For, for me to say you, Isaac, I want you to leave your family, leave your, leave your network, leave everything that you know and is comfortable and, and, and known to you, mm-hmm. leave it all and come to a foreign location, to a program where you don't have any control over when you get out of bed, what you're going to eat, when you're going to sleep, right? You're, you're giving yourself over in a sense to a group of people that you don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a big pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. So if they don't understand how it works, then for most people, okay, I can go away for a month, right? I, I can go away for a month. I can do that. I can leave my wife. I can leave my kids. I can leave my husband. I can leave my parents. I can leave you know, my family and, and, and do this for a month, but it's not long enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, to, to There was almost... an interesting... PhD dissertation done a few years ago uh-huh. uh, at Northwestern University in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And the uh, student uh, doing the PhD dissertation looked at the Teen Challenge program in the United States, which is we're all sisters, sister mm-hmm. organizations, uh, looked at our program and compared it to the other non faith based programs. And what he determined when all was said and done, is that the single factor that makes the difference, there's all kinds of great things that we do, but the single factor is faith. Hmm. It is a relationship with God. Hmm. That was the difference. Now, now talking about that, uh, tell me a little bit about some of those uh, success stories that you've had within Teen Challenge. I'm going to let Emily speak to that because I think there's one that's pretty close to her heart. <laughs> there sure is. Um, 
So in 2007, mm -hmm. my husband uh, was introduced to Teen Challenge um, and entered the program in London, Ontario. Uh, he's from Toronto. So he was uh, introduced. He actually, and I'm going to say this just because um, if you're out there listening and um, your loved one is not willing, then you may have to get creative with the way that you're mm. uh, presenting this option to them. But um, he was is a chef by trade. And so his family had talked to him about getting some help and they he wasn't interested. And um, so his brother actually invited invited him to a banquet at the Delta in downtown Toronto and presented in the thought that he might be able to job at the Delta as a chef if he came to this banquet. And um, only on the way to the banquet did his brother say, have you ever heard of Teen Challenge? And he had, at that time in Toronto, they actually used to have Teen Challenge commercials on TV. So in the middle of the night is usually when they would put those commercials on and he did know about Teen Challenge. So then he realized, but he went and uh, he actually um, saw a friend that he hadn't seen in about six months. And six months is a long time in addiction, especially. Um, he hadn't seen him and didn't know what happened to him. He was actually in London, Ontario, and they were there doing a presentation. And so that's how he heard about it. So if you need to get creative and how you present <laughs> Teen Challenge as an option for your loved one, take him to a banquet. Um, so the success story for my husband um, you know, he went and he was ready and he submitted. And that's the big thing is that if you're not ready and you don't submit, you could stay 12 mm -hmm. months mm -hmm. and, you know, click, check that kind of mm -hmm. box mm -hmm. off, if you will. But you need to submit. You need to submit to uh, first kind of authority in a sense, because that is a hard thing. You have done things your way right. for a long time right. and you've put you know, your family to the back burner, you know, all kinds of whatever, broken relationships, essentially. So you need to submit to authority. Um, he did actually give his life over to Christ within the first few weeks hmm. of the program. And he really, you know, he'll say that even in times of discipline, because discipline is another thing that um, as adults, we don't like to take, but we've kind of learned that usually from a, an early age. Um, in addiction, especially, discipline is something you're going to walk away from. So, you know, there was times that he had to be taught discipline. Hmm. And um, that is a portion of the program is there are rules and you need to follow them mm -hmm. or you will get disciplined. And that's kind of real life as well. <clears throat> so he said that he learned early on to accept the written it was written out for them and they he said he would take it back to his room and then read what mm. the discipline was because he didn't want to react and that was because he was saying to the authority mm -hmm. uh, and it's not that i don't want to make it sound like you know authority if the uh one principle of teen challenge it's not it it's just a huge piece of it because mm -hmm. if you can listen because we have you know our hearts as staff at Team Challenge are for the students and to see right. them recover. And um, so he, you know, submitted to authority and he took a, took a deep dive into walking with Christ. And that has led him, uh, you know, to New Brunswick. He came out here after he graduated the program to do an internship at our center in Memram Cook, New Brunswick. And he uh, interesting story is he used to take a little walk down to the wharf um which is probably maybe a 10-15 minute walk from our center and he used to just look overlook the river you know pray and think to god what ask god what um what's in store for him and share his desires with god and um fast forward 10 years from then he um his dream was always to open his own restaurant. And so fast forwarding to 10 years, his restaurant is almost directly across the river in another <laughs> community um, to where he used to stand there and pray on the wharf uh, mm. for what God had for him. So it might take 10 years and that's okay. Mm. God was orchestrating all kinds of things behind the scene. And, you know, he's always working for our good without, 
us even knowing what he's up to, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's just one of the success stories. I know many, of course, that one is, is close to my heart. Um, as his yeah. wife, um, yeah. who were not married when he was walking through addiction. I only know this side of him. Right. Um, but yeah, I do. I did want to actually, I, I'm going to chime in just because I find it so important. It was kind of backtracking. So I apologize for going a little off script here, but well, there's no script, but going <laughs> off the course here, I just wanted to follow up to something that um, you and Terry were talking about just a, a few minutes ago. And I was not a Christian in 2007 when my mom invited me to go see um, the Teen Challenge Choir. And she'd, um, why don't you come? I was like, well, I don't want to go see teenagers singing. Mm -hmm. And so she told me that they're actually men in recovery hmm. sharing their story. And so I was married prior I had a first marriage and my first husband struggled with addiction and we have tried everything so like Terry was talking about you know the three programs mm -hmm. and the detox and the addictions counseling and the NA and the AA which are all great programs I don't want to dismiss that right. um, but they didn't work for my first husband so when she told me about that it definitely piqued my interest and so I went and right away so at the church service that I went to they had two services and I heard and I saw more than even hearing, I saw that these big burly men, well, not necessarily big, but these adult men, you know, tattoos and, you know, you could tell a lot of them had had a hard life, but they had joy and mm -hmm. I, and they shared with Jesus. And mm -hmm. I remember thinking, wow, Jesus, we haven't tried Jesus. You know, right. we haven't tried what God has for mm -hmm. us. Um, and so that was a defining moment in the course of my life, literally. Mm -hmm. And uh, my first husband at that time was not willing to go. Um, and that is the case a lot of times, you know, mm -hmm. it uh, mm -hmm. needs to be prayed for, for sure. And, but that was where I first was introduced to Teen Challenge um, and their sponsorship program. And so I thought, you know what, as a sacrifice, I will start to sponsor a student and it changed really the whole, my whole walk uh, or lack thereof at that time. Hmm. Um, and actually the seed was planted in my life um, as well as my first husband's life. And, you know, fast forwarding, I know the story is about my testimony or my, <laughs> my life, but I, it's only to add to team challenge and uh, mm -hmm. the program. And so um, once my husband that I'm married to, um, and I got together, we invited my first husband to attend the Teen Challenge Choir uh, with us a year or two later. And uh, he came, he entered the program, and he has been clean now since, well, it must be 10, it's 10 years as wow. well. So just to say that, you know, inviting, mm -hmm. planting the seed, powerful. So, sorry, I'll hand it back to you. It is amazing to, to think how a single person, one change life has so much impact, not just, I mean, to the person, to the people right next to him, but also to the mm. community. Just thinking of someone starting a restaurant in, in, in a mm. community where otherwise he would have never been productive. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And I think it's worth investing in, in this, in a ministry like this. Uh, how many wasted potential are we losing in our community to addiction, uh, in our churches to addiction. Isaac, you're so right, brother. In fact, talking with a donor yesterday that's been sponsoring students for uh, 10 or 15 years, mm -hmm. uh, we counted up 75 men mm -hmm. that they have been responsible in helping. Mm -hmm. And um, Rocco uh, was one of those men that uh, God has done a remarkable work in. Another young man that graduated with us uh, back in the fall um, and has, he also had a dream to run a restaurant, uh, but COVID hit and mm -hmm. he was working with us, Emily and I in our office as an intern, we call it a phase four. Uh, and uh, he was traveling around with me and, COVID, he was like, God, what's the next step? Uh, he uh, was invited to uh, work at a street mission here mm -hmm. in town. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I've known the founder, Cal Mastreet, for almost 40 years, an amazing, a godly man. Uh, and uh, now this young man is the head of the kitchen and is cooking <laughs> meals for hundreds wow. of people yeah. on a daily basis right. uh, and uh, is a shining example, a trophy mm-hmm. of God's grace. Uh, so, uh, as well, this young man uh, was from Ontario, uh, and uh, uh, he had built, a, rebuilt a relationship with his uh, children and his ex-wife. And uh, the impact that I see that he's having on these three young lives mm-hmm. that had watched, again, the horrors. I don't know what our use, word to use, the horrors of addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had been, you know, front row seats uh, participating in all of the pain and heartache of his life as, as, as their dad. Hmm. And now to see what God's done. Uh, so uh, when I was done talking with these donors yesterday morning, we were all in tears mm-hmm. um, at the goodness and the grace of God, the mercy of God mm-hmm. and how one life it's like, I grew up on the country, you light a match and throw it into a dry field of hay. Uh, and that, hundred acres is gone in seconds, right? Right. right. That one little spark, mm-hmm. uh, it can have a huge impact. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the spark of the love of God mm-hmm. in the life of a man or a woman who's been stuck in addiction and, uh, finds grace, finds hope, finds freedom, finds the power that only the Holy spirit can give us mm-hmm. to, uh, fight back and to overcome those lies right. in our lives. That spark, uh, wow, it can do amazing things. Right, 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 right. I think it's important to 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 remember that when we are supporting or uh, sponsoring a student, you're you're sponsoring also in a sense all the people that surround this 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 individual. Uh, and to me, that's amazing. It's it's uh, may, maybe some of us cannot be full time working at Teen Challenge, but there's still something that we can do to support. Uh, team challenge. Uh, before moving forward with the with the topic of sponsorship and, and and all of that, I want to ask you a question. I was I was thinking about it as you were talking. If I have someone in my life, uh, because from everything you said, it's it seems that you provide the tools to willing individuals that maybe are struggling, but at the end they're willing to see their lives changed. What can I do for someone that I love or someone that I know that is struggling with addiction, but it's not there yet? Uh, it's not willing to let all of those things go. What, what, is, what is one uh, piece of advice you could give me for someone uh, like that? I would say plant the seed, and I guess I, I speak for experience in that you plant the seed, you will show them that the window is opened, um, you know, do some research, find a program. If it's our program, reach out. There's all kinds of help available in kind of those initial um, questions even of, because often it's, um, you know, is there a bed available and that kind of thing, but even more so, I guess, also from experience is when entering a program and I'll speak, you know, from team challenge, there are steps you need to take. So for example, there is a police check and it's not because if you have a criminal record, you can't come. It's just that we need to be aware. We need to know if, you know, you're, are you going to need to go to through that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, we'll work with that situation. There's, um, some medical tests and things like that, you really need to be also committed to walk beside that person. Somebody who can't hold down a job that is struggling, you know, for their next fix, um, it's overwhelming. You know, it's it's necessary for our program and for several programs, you know, I don't know all the, the ins and the other programs, but um, it is necessary things that need to be done. We need a copy of a driver's license, things that sometimes addicts have just lost and never replaced. Um, So there really needs to be someone in their corner that will walk beside them literally hand in hand, step by step, Mm -hmm. because the 
other side of it is overwhelming. You know, um, you can apply for the program, go on and fill out the information and apply for someone. Um, but the actual phone call to our intake department has to be with the mm. person that's wanting to help mm-hmm. or open to receiving help. Um, sometimes, you know, it can take time. And so know that you need to be patient with them and it's worth it. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. It's worth it. 12 months is a long time. And this is kind of something that is a roadblock for many people, especially parents um, that need help because they think I can't be without my child or, you know, I can't, I need mm-hmm. help. And this is something, unfortunately, that can keep people where they're at mm-hmm. in their addiction because they think that. But here's the thing. Your addiction is going to get worse if you don't help. And you are not going to be able to be the parent that you need to be for your child. And so the 12 months will fly by mm-hmm. and you will see that really quick. If, if people will look back in their life, they'll see how fast the time has flown. Mm-hmm. And 12 months is really short for a long, healthy life right. you know, ahead of them. So I guess just knowing that, reaching out, um, opening the window for them, asking them for help, planting the seed of what's available, mm-hmm. the rest will flourish if you water it, you know. Uh, this is really good information because obviously many of us are not experts on this topic. My first instinct to when I see someone like that is want to, to help, but then obviously you get disappointed really fast or or uh, maybe the person is take, takes advantage of you or in 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 what i've what i've seen is is definitely exactly what you said is planting the seed seed and and committing to walking with with the person as they're going through the struggles it is it is sad because obviously we want to help them and we wish that it could be immediate and fast um and it seems that we're providing all the tools and it's just not happening but it's good to know that there's programs and people that uh are are experts in this topic and obviously Isaac. Sorry. Yeah. Finish your thoughts. Obviously, with the power of uh, Christ and, and, and the change that he truly makes in people's lives. Uh, go ahead, Terry. Right. Well, I just wanted to chime in that Emily was referring to the intake department. And um, I think it's important and cool to know that when you call the toll-free number and speak to one of our intake coordinators, they're all graduates of our program. Oh, wow. So uh, two, two sides to that coin. If you are uh, struggling with addiction, then please know that the person that you're going to talk to on the phone is not going to judge you. Hmm. They're not going to beat you up. They're not going to berate you. They understand you. Mm-hmm. The other side of that coin, they're not going to take your BS either. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's be honest. They're not. They know. And I've had students say to me, you know, that guy's posing. That guy's not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know because mm-hmm. I used to do exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, be encouraged that when you make that, take that first step and make the phone call, uh, you're going to speak with people who love, love helping you, who believe that you can be free because they've done it themselves. They've experienced all of the ups and downs, all the heartaches and joys. Um, Also, uh, when you call, uh, as Emily said, and I think it's really important to note that this is a process. Some people get into the program two weeks. Some people it's six months or a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had an interesting case where uh, a young man came into the program a few years ago, uh, finished the program, he then it took two years for him to help his dad come into the program. His dad came in, graduated, and this father son duo uh, had a young man that they were friends with that uh, was in a mess, was in trouble and uh, had been to three other programs Mm -hmm. and wasn't doing well, was down for the count. And uh, this, the, the, young, the, the, the son in the father-son duo uh, took this young man under his wing and just saying, you know what, you need to go to Ting Challenge. Mm-hmm. I can't go. It's a year. You know what? You can do this. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Well, that young man graduated uh, just before Christmas, October, 
and uh, he did a phase four internship with us and just landed a job here a few weeks ago and uh, he's amazing another amazing story um, of God's grace yes but uh, you know you never know who you're speaking to who they're going to know uh, quick snippet I was uh, traveling uh, to Nova Scotia uh, working with Teen Challenge just uh, I guess it'd be about a year ago just before COVID hit and I'd stopped in a little small town to gas the car up and I went in to pay I have the Teen Challenge logo on my shirt and my Air Miles card uh, is a Teen Challenge card mm-hmm. so I handed the cashier my Air Miles to, to, to get the points give to Teen Challenge and uh, she said Teen Challenge what's that so I told her this girl would have been 17 18 a mm-hmm. uh, very professional young lady she started crying mm-hmm. and she said I wish that my mom could go to that mm. place. Mm. And she just poured her heart out to me. Right. I gave her my business card. I, I told her what the tcatlantic.ca is the website where you could go uh, for more information. Um, but you just never know who it is or who they know that's struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so is, is, it, uh, is, addiction, is addiction a problem? as prevalent as it is outside in the church, within the church? Uh, do, 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 you, do you think that uh, going by statistics and things like that, the numbers, are, uh, do we have problems of addiction within our churches in Canada? Absolutely. 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 I've been a pastor for 40 years. I cannot think of a congregation that I served uh, over the, those, the past 40 years where there was not more, not just one, but more than one person. Uh, some were in recovery, some that were struggling. I remember a young man in one church that I was at, amazing, amazing young man, but just struggled with addiction uh, and just kept falling, but did not want to go uh, away um, to get help. Uh, just kept believing the lies that he it was going to get better. Mm. Um, Emily, you speak to that uh, from your perspective, but from my perspective in pastoral ministry over 40 years, I'm going to say that I don't know if there's any difference between the statistics in the church and the statistics in the community. Hmm. I don't think there's any difference. I think it's just as bad. Um, yeah, I I guess I wouldn't say maybe that there's as many, um, that this is, and I'll be honest, this is going to be from my own experience as well, and, and just... Um, I don't have any statistics to back up this, Mm -hmm. of course, but what I'm realizing is that it's only been really the last few years that I think people are feeling that they can safely share that Mm -hmm. there's an addiction within the church. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a volunteer for three years to celebrate recovery, which is there's a meeting that happens one week and it is a faith-based, they follow the 12 steps that AA and NA mm-hmm. follow, but with biblical principles backing up each step. And, you know, a lot of them, I guess, would be, you would say, from within the churches in our local area, but a lot of people have also been able to invite friends to come in, you know, to these weekly meetings um, they hear testimonies, they learn lessons and such uh, because they saw the need within the church mm-hmm. um, that there was struggling. Now, this celebrate recovery is for hurts, habits, and hang-ups, so it's not all just the habits or mm-hmm. the addictions. Mm-hmm. There's many other reasons as well. Um, so I definitely think it's in the church. How could it not be, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't, I feel like the conversation is shifting and is starting within mm-hmm. the church to feel a safety, if you will, to be able to talk about it. But I don't, I wouldn't, um, it's definitely a bigger problem in the street for sure. I'm, and I know it's happening younger and younger. Terry and I were just talking about, I think it was last week that um, one of our local middle schools has a huge drug problem, which is shocking and Mm -hmm. sad and Mm -hmm. terrible. And I said to Terry, you know, how can we start to talk at a younger level? Like, how can we get into the school system talking Mm -hmm. about this? 
maybe we can prevent and you know we talked about planting the seed maybe we can plant the seed before it even needs to be planted in mm-hmm. someone's life mm-hmm. you know um yeah so yeah, that's, hmm. my response. that's really in, that's really interesting and scary as a parent uh definitely in not not scared per se but it's something to keep in mind when when uh, raising children in 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 this generation definitely and and i think church should be a place where uh i mean we're all sinners we're all sinners and we we've all been saved by grace so uh church is definitely uh should be a place where where if someone strong with addiction can go and talk to the pastor or approach a, 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 a mature member of the church uh, concerning this topic. Um, and I'm happy to see this shift in, in, in churches. And I have to agree with you, Emily, that there's definitely a shift in the mentality uh, where we are, we don't judge as much as I guess uh, previous generations used to do. I don't know if judging is the right word, but we, we're, we understand that there's addiction is a problem or uh, depression and things like that. And, and, and I'm happy that we're being educated more and understanding that there's victory in Christ through all of these problems. Um, Amen. And I have five grandchildren, Isaac, ranging from 18 months of age to 14 years old, uh, all siblings. Mm-hmm. And they're homeschooled. And I'm, I'm very proud of my daughter and thankful mm-hmm. for what God's doing in their lives. Mm-hmm. They were at an outreach uh, where I was presenting the Work of Teen Challenge, and I started with a video from one of our graduates, uh, Stephen Prendergast, and this particular video actually shows him pretending to shoot up with the needle. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the outreach, my daughter came to me and she said, Dad, I was a little upset with you at the beginning when I saw my kids watching this video, I wish I had known. But she said, you know what, as I continued to watch and then to process with them afterwards, she said, I am so glad that they saw this because it's given us so much opportunity uh, to now have a conversation. Mm -hmm. If you listen carefully to the students that come through our program, we call them students, but as Emily said, they're 18 to 70 years of age. Mm -hmm. Um, The vast majority of the men and women in our centers struggling with addiction were introduced to drugs at 12, 13, 14 years of age and younger. Hmm. and now, remember, we live in a country hmm. that has legalized marijuana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That's right. So, uh, and we, I personally, and this is not necessarily a teen challenge perspective, this is my personal perspective, so I want to make that clear. I still believe that uh, marijuana is a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. I believe that marijuana uh, will um, not satisfy that eventually, and, and there's people who smoke, you know, recreationally and they're not addicts, mm-hmm. but, um, I believe that it is still a gateway for too many people. And especially for the fact where we've legalized it. And then, uh, for 18 years of age and older, not 21, not 25, mm-hmm. but 18 and how many, uh, 14 and 15 year olds, just like cigarettes, how many 14 and 15 year olds are uh, smoking weed? Because their eighteen-year-old friends are able to buy it legally. Um, That's right. With uh, the statistic from the seventeen, I'm sorry, October 2018, five hundred and seventy-eight thousand Canadians began using cannabis for the very first time since it was legalized in 20, October 2018. Wow. Wow. That was Statistics Canada, <clears throat> third quarter of 2019. That is over half a million, half a million new cannabis users. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we legalize it. That's right. Hmm. That's really interesting. So, Maybe that's a topic for a different time. Uh, definitely, definitely, I would love to hear uh, something about family and, and, and addiction, how to introduce this topic to our children. And, and another thing, it's maybe the uh, effects of marijuana cannabis in, 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 in the, all of the legal stuff behind it and, and your input on that. Definitely, we should talk about that for another time. Uh, how can we support Teen Challenge? 
I believe 100% in Teen Challenge. What can I do? How can I support Teen Challenge? Well, I would say the first and the most important thing, you've already done it, bringing awareness. Sadly, Teen Challenge is still a well-kept secret. Mm-hmm. There are thousands of people, not, not tens or hundreds, hear me clearly, there are thousands of people in New Brunswick, in Nova Scotia, in PEI, in Newfoundland, mm-hmm. in small towns, in churches. There are thousands of people that... Uh, are struggling with addiction and they do not know Mm -hmm. that there is a place for them to go. Uh, I think that's the first thing is getting the word out there. Um, Secondly, praying. We need, this is frontline ministry. Um, I mean, let's let's be very real, Isaac. This is spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. Satan is alive and real and his mission is very clearly to destroy us, mm-hmm. to kill us, mm-hmm. to, to destroy our families, to destroy uh, anything that is connected to, to the heart of God. So we need your prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, we have addiction counselor on staff. We have pastor on staff. We, you know, we have all kinds of, of, of staff that are working and they need to be covered in prayer. Mm-hmm. This is frontline ministry. Mm-hmm. And again, and this isn't meant to be dramatic. This is absolutely truth. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that come to Teen Challenge have only two options other than Teen Challenge. It's jail or death. Hmm. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm not being dramatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they come to Teen Challenge, most of the times, the addiction has got to the point where they, they realize that 30 days is not enough. They realize that they can't. Mm-hmm. They can't fix this themselves. Mm-hmm. And if they don't fix it, that addiction is going to kill them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Statistics, you know, Statistics Canada has lowered the average uh, uh, lifespan of a Canadian man, mm-hmm. for heaven's sakes, mm-hmm. because of, of overdose and um, uh, suicides. That's yeah. So please pray for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need your prayers. Um, offer your time. And uh, we were talking about uh, some of the folks in, in your church uh, coming, mm-hmm. uh, men and or women, mm-hmm. uh, coming and visiting. And I pray that COVID, there will come a day when the restrictions will be lifted and you'll be able to visit and we'll be able to visit your church again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, come and visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the guys love when I say this next one. Um, I'm a farm boy and I, I love to eat. Uh, the boys, the guys at our center love home cooking and baking. So... Um, <laughs> Any any time, uh, you know, a bunch of the folks in your church, and I don't want to just say ladies because I, I know some of the guys in your church, and I know they like cooking. Yeah. Uh, they like baking. So uh, if you wanted to put a box of baked, good, baked goods together, I'd be happy to come and pick it up. Uh, and uh, uh, I promise that I won't eat all of it before it gets back <laughs> to the, the center. Um, Emily was talking about before she was on staff, uh, after she had heard the Teen Challenge message and it saw what impact it was doing, she started volunteering on the fundraising committees. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, again, that's a huge opportunity mm-hmm. uh, in your spare time. It doesn't have to be, you know, hundreds of hours, right. but just leveraging your time and your relationships uh, to help us do the fundraising. Mm-hmm. Uh, banquets. Uh, this year we're going to do a national gala and uh, be doing that across all of Canada, but we're going to be looking for people in every community hmm. that will help get the word out about Teen Challenge and and let them know that there's going to be this uh, national gala mm-hmm. uh, to raise awareness and raise funds. A couple of other things, uh, I don't take too much time here for you, Isaac, but uh, something new that Emily and I are working on is called a Lunch and Learn, and it's basically for businesses so say you are either are a business owner or you have a, a place where you could invite us to come. Mm-hmm. So I would come uh, and if at all possible, bring a student with me during your lunchtime. Mm-hmm. All of the staff at this business or however many staff are available, a minimum of five people mm-hmm. will come to you. I'll bring lunch. Uh-huh. And uh, during your lunch period, 
We'll do 30 to 45 minute presentation. One of our students will share their story. And uh, basically what we're doing is we just want to again, get the word out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a way to uh, look for new corporate sponsors. We have many businesses that sponsor students or sponsor the center. Mm -hmm. uh, it also is a way to get the word out because maybe other people in your office or at your place of work, uh, they're struggling with addiction or they have a child. Mm -hmm. Here's an example. I went to a, a, a business here in Moncton that I do business with. Uh, I'll be very vague, vague on purpose. Mm -hmm. I went to this specific, specific business because I've done business with them for years. Mm -hmm. And the course of doing business, uh, the I was talking with the owner that I've known for a long time and told him what I was doing now with Teen Challenge. He stopped dead in his tracks and he said, Terry, he said, I have a family member. And again, I'll be very vague. Mm -hmm. I have a family member, uh, extended family member that really struggling. I said, here's my card. Tell them to call me. Mm -hmm. It was six months later. And then out of the blue, I get a phone call from the mom, a relative of this businessman. Mm -hmm. And it was her son. Mm -hmm. And um, they're hurting. Mm -hmm. They're hurting. Mm -hmm. That was basically as a result of a business relationship. So these lunch and learns can be powerful opportunities to move from a member in your church who's working at Walmart or working at uh, a grocery store. And, and just during lunch, you invite as many of the staff as can to come in. We'll bring lunch in and uh, treat everybody to lunch. Hmm. And in exchange for treating them to lunch, we ask for 30 to 45 minutes of their right. time right. to uh, make the presentation. Um, lastly, and I know we're going to lead into this is monthly sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the student, uh, sponsoring a student. It's $40 a month. Uh, so same ideas, world vision or some of the other child sponsorship programs. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, I, I say it's equal to up one Tim Hortons cup uh, coffee a day, mm -hmm. uh, or one Starbucks a week. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, that $40 and, and you can be creative. Like we've got, uh, I know of one gal, a friend of Emily's, that uh, decided to uh, take from her business profits uh, a home-based business. Mm -hmm. And she's trusted God that uh, she's going to have $40 a month to continue to sponsor uh, a student. Mm -hmm. um, I know of people that as a family, they'll take this on. And as a family, they'll gather the $40 a month and uh, send it in. It comes, it comes out automatically out of your check checking account uh, off of your credit card or, or whatever. Um, and that's a, the thing about sponsorship is not just the finances. The mm -hmm. thing about sponsorship is the relationship you get to build with the student. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You get updates, a picture and updates from the student several times during their program. And you have the opportunity to send mail to them. And uh, I'm going to let Emily, cause I want Emily to chime in on this, uh, the, 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 some of the stories of the letters that sponsors have sent to students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure, no problem. <clears throat> I um, interesting. I didn't know that Terry was going to mention that, but I have right here because <laughs> um, we were talking about it last week. I was just talking about how my husband and I know that people that are listening can't uh, see, but there's a whole stack of letters that wow. he graduated in March. 2008 and so these he still has there's more um, wow. moved a few times but there's a whole stack of um letters that meant so much to him that he you know even though moving from toronto right. to new brunswick and we've lived in one apartment and three houses uh -huh. um and so these kind of keep on coming through because they're important to him because on on days when you know, he wanted to give up. He wanted to go home. He missed his family. Mm -hmm. Whatever the case was, he says, without fail, there would be a letter in the mail for him, a card in the mail for him, just encouraging him. And they weren't people that he knew, and most of them he never met. Mm -hmm. And that is the case in, in a lot of cases because they were from all over Ontario uh, because he was in the London, Ontario program. But that I love as his wife, um, not even knowing him during that time, love looking at them and just seeing the what they were speaking into him um, and encouraging him, not because they knew him, but because they believed in what he was doing and, you know, that he was 
recovering and they were encouraging him and it's so interesting i would love to and and um mm-hmm. they don't include last names they just sign right. you know right. isaac or whatever right. the case is i would love though to be able to contact these sponsors and just be able to let them know what an mm-hmm. impact they've made not only to him mm-hmm. he's a husband and a father and a business owner so it's just such a ripple effect um in terms of the sponsorship and the relationship that they have it's almost like a pen pal right mm-hmm. you know there were mm-hmm. several years ago we have email and facebook and all kinds right. of things now right. but it's it's just like a pen pal um and so it's really it's really neat really powerful how has covid affected teen challenge wow wow well march 2020 when uh, the lockdown took place uh three quick things happened to teen challenge number one we locked down the centers mm-hmm. we locked them down nobody in nobody out mm-hmm. that's hard mm-hmm. that's hard on students it's hard on men and women when they're in recovery and they need those relationships they need to see family and friends on visit day stuff like that we had to shut that all down right uh, number two uh covid shut down all of our fundraising activities hmm. So we had to really think how are we going to engage people? How are we going to get this message out when churches weren't meeting? Hmm. We weren't allowed to have banquets. Hmm. Uh, I wasn't allowed to travel. Right. Um, and I admit to you, there was a, a period of time last year when I got really depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, God, I don't know how to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you, God was and is faithful. Um We quickly learned, and Emily, uh, I thank God every day for this young lady in my life and, and in our office together. Uh, I am blessed by her. She figured out how to do uh, Zoom uh, calls and <laughs> record them, put PowerPoint slides on it, right. and uh, we started doing online presentations and so yeah. on. Um, thirdly, COVID continues. The challenge is... The guys have to self-isolate. They have to quarantine for 14 days. Mm-hmm. Now, at least um, we're in a place where they can travel from others is in New Brunswick. Right. Uh, we're back in yellow now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we're traveling from another province, if they can get here, we have a room, we have a space where they can stay with us at the center, right. but they have to quarantine for 14 days. Mm-hmm. That's challenging, mm-hmm. right? It's hard enough moving into recovery and, and you know moving away from home, but for the very first 14 days, you have to isolate. It's the only person you're going to see is a couple of other staff members. Right. You're not going to see the other students. Right. So it's rough. Right. Um, so, hmm. but... I praise God, we continue to see guys come and we continue to see guys graduate. Right. We're going to celebrate this Friday another graduation, the third in kind of three or four weeks in a row. Oh, wow. Uh, the third guy that's, that's graduating. And these guys have come now, the, this, the last two started during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, uh, it's exciting to see that God is still at work. Um, Emily and I are working from home. Nine percent of the time, uh, and uh, but uh, that's what COVID's done. What can I do if I want more information about Teen Challenge? How how can I reach you guys? Uh, website. Sure, you can reach us. Our website is tcatlantic.ca. So that's T like Tom and C like Cat, Atlantic.ca, and there is a contact us section at the top. Um, the website you can um, call Terry is always willing to uh, accept a call you can call our center directly if it's um, for intake so Terry's number we can certainly give that to you it's 506-229-0281 and our center's phone number is 506-758-2377 mm-hmm. extension 0 to talk to our amazing administrative assistant and she can really guide you. She's actually the wife of a graduate as well. So she really has um, a heart for this ministry, Mm -hmm. a heart for people reaching out to kind of just get a little bit of a direction. Um, She can put you through to our intake department Mm -hmm. if it's help that you're looking for. Um, There are 
plenty of ways and um, please reach out to us questions or anything we would love to to hear from you and before we close is there anything else that you would like to add um, today I don't think there's a whole lot I'd like to add. I think you've done a really great job at asking questions that I wouldn't have thought necessarily about. So thank you so much for having us, Isaac. You have a heart of gold and we really appreciate. We've talked a lot in the last few weeks about, um, you know, how you reaching out at the most perfect time. It's just been so incredible. So we thank you for yourself and the ministry that you're you're doing just so you know this is on the side of, of mm -hmm. what you do full-time so we thank you so much for that Isaac mm -hmm. and uh, for your heart and mm -hmm. thank you to your your ministry no thank you guys thanks Emily I want to chime in this is amazing this is a direct answer to prayer mm -hmm. for Emily and I uh, when we started 2021 knowing that COVID had changed everything trying to figure out how do we engage people how do we continue to get the message out uh COVID, there is one more thing that COVID has done that i didn't mention COVID has made addiction worse hmm. i want you to think about the fact that if you're already struggling with addiction or let's say you you're not an addict but you're struggling with depression you're struggling with with other major issues in your family life a bad marriage bad health like whatever The challenge is we all have struggles. Mm -hmm. Life is full of struggles. Mm -hmm. But then COVID hits, we get locked down. Right. You can't go to work. You're given $2,000 a month in a CERB benefit. Right. And if you are an addict, now you've got $2,000 a month to increase your level of addiction. Right. Um, family violence is on the increase. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like the, there's a, mental health issues are, are, are on the rise all because of the response to COVID. And I'm not trying to speak positively or negatively about what the government did, just saying the reality is mm -hmm. that being locked down, being forced to stay home, being forced to wear a mask, mm -hmm. being forced to socially isolate, being forced to do all of those things uh, has had huge issues, huge uh, complications for, for mental health and addiction. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to leave with this thought There is another website that I want to commend to you. It's www.changedlives, C-H-A-N-G-E-D-L-I-V-E-S dot C-A, changedlives.ca. You will see on there video testimonies, video stories with reenactments. The story that I mentioned of Steve Prendergast, where it shows him pretending to shoot up a needle, but he tells his story very powerfully uh the father and son mm -hmm. ricardo and john mm -hmm. they're on that website the story mm -hmm. uh their video testimony which just came out just a while ago mm -hmm. uh, lisa who was a nurse practitioner um amazing mm -hmm. just the, the, some incredible stories so want to find some hope want to find some encouragement changelives.ca Thank you so much, Terry and Emily, for your time. We really appreciate your ministry. Know that Grafton is praying for you. Uh, you're on our list for a Wednesday night prayer meeting. And, and uh, I, I really pray that the Lord uh, bless this ministry and your lives. I know uh, through COVID, we all need a little bit of encouragement. So uh, keep on doing what you're doing and may the Lord bless you greatly. Thank you so much for being here today and, and until next time. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. For more information about our church, visit graftonbaptist.com.